Hey, 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 everyone. It's Dr. Tamara Beckford with Your Caring Docs. That's right, where we help our busy professional women put themselves first for at least two hours a month. Why? Because there are 730 hours in a month. You can dedicate at least two to yourselves, right? So we have our Your Caring Docs podcast. That's right, our Your Caring Docs, Docs Who Cares podcast. Looks like I jumped off the screen and I'm coming back live and in charge, right? <laughs> our Your Caring Docs podcast, which is our podcast where we have doctors from all over the world. They stop by, drop their gems on health and wellness information because infos that we leave are info here so you can know where to find them if you'd like to be a patient or a client of theirs today we're having a great time why we're gonna bring in a doc who is gonna tell us all about what we're talking about putting yourselves first Hmm. So before we get started, I have to bring her in, in our Your Caring Docs fashion, right? So this wonderful doc is a graduate from Tel Aviv University School of Medicine. Mm -hmm. Then she did her training in preventive medicine at Stony Brook University in New York. But as with most of our docs, she didn't stop there. She went and got additional training because she is so awesome. So what did she do? She did additional training in mind body medicine at the Ben St. Henry Institute of Mind-Body Medicine at Mass General Hospital Harvard Medical School. She is also board certified in general preventive medicine, public health, occupational, and environmental medicine. That's just a part of all the accolades. Because we want to bring her on, we're going to just stop there. Because not only is she doing all of that, she is also the founder and CEO of Alpine Health, where she reframes health as the ability to feel great in order to live a fuller life. Welcome, 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 Dr. Jordana Rothschild. Thank you so, so, so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. We are so happy to have you here. You know, I'm really excited because you're going to really talk to us about how we can put ourselves first. But before we even get to that, you know, I want to find out this background on Dr. Rothschild. So where did your journey to medicine begin? Tell us all about that. I was pretty young, actually. I think I got this idea in my head. Um, I don't know, I was pretty focused, one-track minded. I always wanted to do it, but mm -hmm. I actually was thinking back and it, it actually went back to a children's book. There's this children's book mm -hmm. called, I think, I haven't even seen it in years, but mm -hmm. I think it's called The Girl with the Silver Eyes. And it was about this magical girl who had magical powers of healing. And I was just always kind of captivated by this idea of she had the ability to take away people's pain. Mm. And that was the way, I don't even remember the book that well. I should probably go back and reread it now that, now that I'm an adult. But yeah. I just always have been captivated by this idea of being able to take away somebody's pain. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, um, and that was kind of where it started. Wow. So that's so interesting. You pick this book up. And you know, that's one of the questions that we ask a lot of people. And I think sometimes... We think that it was maybe when we were in high school or this, but there, you, when you really sit and think back, there's this really pivotal time where you're probably in your formative years. You're like, wait a minute, she has that book. I remember feeling that I want to heal like she can heal. She has magical superpowers. And I wish I had magical superpowers. <laughs> My job would be a lot easier. <laughs> 
<laughs> but at that point, it formed that um, passion of healing and wanting to go further. So we did all this. So, you know, now we're like, okay, I want to go into medicine. How did that part um, evolve? Well, so I, I actually never thought I was good at science. I always got kind of bad grades in my science and math classes until my senior year of high school. Mm -hmm. um, and I took anatomy and physiology because it was like the only class that I could fit into my schedule that worked at that time. And I was dreading it. I was terrified. And then I loved it. And I was like, I can do this. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and um, thank you, Mrs. Kitchens, <laughs> for being an amazing teacher. <laughs> and um, and she made me believe in myself. Mm -hmm. And I it all clicked for me. And then from then it was from then on it was a pretty straight path. You know, I went straight into college. I was pre med all the way. Mm -hmm. You know, very focused, very driven, very you know. Eye on the end goal, the way a lot of us overachievers are, right? Like you get this idea in your head that I got to, right? All of us, <laughs> I got to get there. I got to get there. And you just push and push and push no matter what, no matter what it, whatever it takes. And you just don't think about anything else and keep pushing on forward. I love it. I love it. I love how the passion and the self-confidence came from someone who believed in you when you thought, mm, maybe this wasn't for me. Isn't that just so wonderful? You know, shout out to all our teachers. I mean, we really, I have great respect for, you know, teachers and all my teachers, because I said, without you, we wouldn't be here, you know, and look at Miss um, Kitchen, <laughs> you know, that you have this one student in your class who, first of all, she dreaded taking the class. It was the class that just fit in her schedule during her last year of school. And your inspiration and your drive and believing in this one student propelled her to all of this that she's doing now in her life. Like, I wish we could see Miss Kitchen. <laughs> you are so awesome. Well, we'll have to get her on here. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. This, you know, and there are so many other teachers out there who have been an inspiration for so many of us. And so I love, I love that, you know, it started with that one person planting that seed. So now that seed is now a mighty oak tree. And you know, you're here and you've gone and you've your drive and nothing stopped you. You're steadfast on your dreams. You're becoming a doctor. And now you decide to go into preventive medicine. What drove you into preventive medicine? Luck. <laughs> a little bit of luck. Mm -hmm. um, so in between my second and third year of medical school, I took a year off to get my master's in public health. Mm -hmm. And again, when this is, this is the role of teachers, this is the role of mentors. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a professor, Dr. Paul Brant Ralph, who might watch this. Um, <laughs> and he was my mentor in my MPH. And he was a preventive medicine and occupational medicine physician. Mm. And he opened my eyes to the fact that you can treat each patient one at a time. And that's great because people need to be taken care of one at a time. Mm -hmm. But what happens if you take a step back and look upstream, look at the big picture? Why did this person get sick in the first place? What are the factors that went into that? You look at their environment, you look at their lifestyle, you look at 
in their job and you look at all these other factors. And I mean, if you think about it, the biggest contributions to like the really most significant contributions to improving the health and quality of life worldwide have not been drugs. They've not been medications. They've not been surgical procedures. They've been sanitation, right? Mm-hmm. They've been, they've been that one um, vestibule where everyone was drinking from. And then all of a sudden we have that spread, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so when you look at the environment, when you look at the surroundings, the culture, we now know, you know, poverty is a much bigger deal mm-hmm. than, you know, just what medicine do you take? So when you look at the big picture, you can have a much, much bigger impact on health. Wow. Wow. Like you said, that that leads to the importance of our mentors and our teachers, that your impact is way broader than what you even thought, right? So now you have this mentor who has opened your mind to medicine. Like, wow, there's actually not just the, yes, you can treat with just this medication, but how about if we take a step back and look at the big picture and be able to treat in mass versus just individually. So now with all of this, how did we get to Alpine Health? Because I love, love, love the philosophy of Alpine Health. You know, you're like, we have, we can reframe health as the ability to feel great in order to live a fuller life. You know, tell us how Alpine Health was born. Sure. So in, um, since finishing my residency, I really did mostly clinical preventive medicine, seeing patients. I did some, you know, community education, outreach, public health things, but it was really more one-on-one patient care. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in, in my decade of seeing patients, one of the things that just kept keeping, kept coming up over and over and over again mm-hmm. was that all these patients, they have this like laundry list of stuff right? Like they have the high blood pressure and they take this for the high blood pressure and they have the reflux and they take this for the reflux. Mm -hmm. And if you look at each one condition by condition by condition, each one is, and you know, you write your progress note and it says stable, right? They're stable, their blood pressure, their, their blood pressure is good. They're stable on this medicine. Check Mm -hmm. the box, right? (laughs) Reflux medicine, check the box. Mm -hmm. But then they come into your office and they look at you and they're like, but I just don't feel good. Mm, absolutely. Right. And it made me realize, and, and those were the patients that I love the most. Those mm-hmm. are my favorites because those are the ones that you can really, really make a difference. Again, talking about having that relationship with somebody that can really make a difference, believe in you, impact mm-hmm. you. Right. And those were the ones that I always really connected to the most because I felt like yeah, I can help you feel better. You don't just want to check those boxes of each condition. You want to you want to feel good. And, and I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. And so I did that with my patients one at a time. Right. But, um, and then, and it was about five years ago that I started, um, officially and formally training in mind body medicine, Mm -hmm. but it was really during COVID that it kind of hit home for me Mm. because I just, I just looked around me and God, everybody was miserable. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I kept thinking, you know what? I know how to help you. I'm helping each patient in my office one at a time, one at a time. But like, 
it's this one little tiny piece of what I do because I'm still addressing this whole laundry list of all the other stuff, right? And at, at, at a certain point during COVID, it wasn't just my patients, right? It was my friends, my family, mm. my coworkers, my colleagues, everyone I knew. It, it wasn't just that they were cranky, which <laughs> we were. We were cranky. We were miserable. But <laughs> we were also physically feeling like garbage. Yeah. And that was when I really decided I need to do this. It's time. And that, that was when I decided to, uh, to make the plunge and go for it. So now this is what I want to be doing full time. I know how to help you mm-hmm. not just tick the boxes. I know how to help you actually feel really good, wake up in the morning and feel like I'm healthy. I'm good. I'm, I feel good. Wow. So what are some of the things that you do as a part of your regimen, we'll say, in helping, um, you know, these patients. Because one of the um, aspects that of uh, a lot of us, especially a lot of women, um, busy professional women, is that we do tick the boxes of all the things we need to do for others. But that box for ourselves drops lower and lower on that to-do list. As soon as it gets to the top, something else gets in front of it. Oh, yeah, but you know, and then our to our health, our wellness gets dropped lower on that to-do list. So what are some of the things that you do as a part of your regimen to help these patients? So I like to look at it through a lens of lifestyle medicine. Um, in lifestyle medicine, there are six pillars of lifestyle medicine, and they include let me make sure I get these all right, but they include nutrition or, you know, the food that we put in our bodies, Mm -hmm. physical activity, moving with our bodies, Mm -hmm. um, sleep, and not just quantity, but quality. You want to wake up in the morning feeling refreshed, not just ticking off the box that you were in bed for seven hours, right? (laughs) So it's, it's quality and quantity of sleep, Mm -hmm. social connectedness, right? Social connections impact our, our health in a very real way. Absolutely. Um, you know, people, people who have chronic disease, who have social support, have better outcomes than people who don't. So social connectedness, and, and these are clinical outcomes. This is not just they're in a better mood better. subjectively. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have, they have better outcomes. It makes a difference in your health. Mm-hmm. Um, stress, we know a lot about the harmful effects of stress on our physiology. Mm-hmm. And in, in lifestyle medicine, they call it substance use. But I kind of, in my practice, just call it um, any kind of numbing substance. Because it's not just substances that we use to escape and to numb ourselves. It's also food. Mm-hmm. It's also Netflix or social media, or whatever it is that we're doing to shut our brain off um, and addressing those things. And what I've come to realize, though, is that especially when I'm talking to these overachievers, they're like, okay, six pillars. Okay, let's check the boxes again, right? And then that becomes a new stressor. It becomes a new stressor. Okay, I got to have my nutrition plan and my meal prep. Check. I got to have my seven hours of sleep, get in bed on time. Check. I got to have my exercise plan. Check. And then all of those things stress us out. And then all of a sudden, you're unable to achieve one out of those. mm -hmm. And then, and then you start freaking out. Right. (laughs) And then all of a sudden your stress management plan is the source of your stress. (laughs) 
so true. And I know a lot of people listen to this. <laughs> understand. Okay, I'm going to put a plan to reduce my stress. Okay, already, let me see now. Okay, I need to eat properly. I didn't make it to the supermarket, so I'm not eating properly. Oh my gosh, I'm not eating properly. I've already messed up my first part of my stress management plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so 100%. And then, and then it's like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm in my meditation minute because this is part of my stress plan. And then your kid walks in the door and starts banging on the door and you yell at your kid, stop it, I'm de-stressing, oh, right? <laughs> I'm I'm being calm right now. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it kind of backfires. So, um, <laughs> part of it is you kind of have to laugh at yourself sometimes. It's okay. And it's that okay. reduces the stress. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. But mm-hmm. here's the thing: they're all connected. It's a vicious cycle, right? And it's a domino effect. So if you make your stress plan and you have your nutrition plan and that's causing you stress, you're going to fall off your wagon with your nutrition, with your nutrition plan. You're going to get stressed out. You're going to end up staying up late because you couldn't fall asleep. You're going to wake up tired in the morning and skip your workout. You're going to end up snapping at all of the people around you and your relationships are going to suffer. And then you're going to end up turning to something to numb you instead of coping with those emotions. And then you're going to start that whole cycle all over again. Right? That is so true. I love how you really just that domino, instead of the pillars up, one domino just knocked all the other dominoes down. And yeah. you see how it impacts the entire goal that you had in the first place. I love it. Continue. So here's the cool part. Here's the really cool part. Mm-hmm. You, and listen to me, you overambitious women, because I am one of you. Yes. You don't have to do it all. You really don't. Mm-hmm. You really don't have to do it all because it's a cycle. They're interrelated. They're interconnected. Pick one. That's it. Wow. Just pick one. And pick the easiest one. Pick the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> pick the one that's the most fun, the most exciting, the one that you're going to be like, yeah, I can totally do that. No problem. That's true. And I love that you address us overly ambitious women and told us to pick the easiest one because as an overly <laughs> woman, the first thing you're going to do is say, let me see which one is the hardest because I can tackle that one. And yes, setting yourself yeah. up for disappointment. But if you do the one that's fun is the lowest hanging fruit and you're having fun, then you say that everything else builds upon itself. I love it. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's so simple yet so relatable. You know, I love go ahead. simple and easy. It's not easy. No. Right? Simple and easy are not the same thing. I know this is hard and it's hard to find the time. Oh, but I got to do this and I got to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to feel like garbage. Absolutely. And yeah. you'll do your job better if you have more energy. Mm-hmm. And you'll relate to the people in your life better if you have more energy. And everything else is going to be better. It's not going to all be, you know, roses and ponies and sparkles and rainbows, right? That's not life. <laughs> Again, <It's> not- <laughs> back to the beginning, I wish I had magic powers that I could do like, that. Yes. Right. But 
think about what your life would be like Mm -hmm. if you felt 2% better than you do right now. Mm -hmm. Just a tiny little improvement, Mm -hmm. right? If you had 10 extra minutes of energy left in you, like good energy, I don't mean like pushing through autopilot, ready to collapse energy. I mean, imagine if you had 10 minutes of actual energy more than you do right now. Mm. What kind of an impact would just those 10 minutes make on your life? Absolutely. Not and the, it's just one little thing. And it starts with, like we said, pick the low hanging fruit that you love to do. Because if you love doing it, it's easier. And you know, that's the other thing we have to get out of our mind. Because it's easy and it's a low-hanging fruit means that I didn't do anything. Yeah, we have to get that out. Right? Because no, 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 we have to suffer. Yes, no, I have to suffer. No, we don't have to suffer. And like you said, even just doing the low-hanging fruit that you love to do, it builds upon itself, so you can get that two percent boost. And if you know, think about your cell phone when you're almost dead and you get that two percent boost, you're just so much better, right? And you're yes. just like, I have that two percent, I can do that, whatever. Now it's the same with you and your body and your mind. You get that two percent boost in your mind, and then you can accomplish and feel so much better. And it's a compound effect. The two percent builds upon itself. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. And I mean, think about it. It it turns from a vicious cycle Mm -hmm. into a virtuous cycle, right? If you just make one change. So think about we have that whole cycle, that whole domino effect. Mm -hmm. But let's let's say that for me, the low-hanging fruit is going to be, I don't know, exercise. Let's Mm -hmm. say I really like walking. And if Mm -hmm. I walk for... 10 minutes outdoors every day that just helps me clear my head and makes me feel good and gives me a little energy. It like diffuses some of the stress, right? So let's say that walking 10 minutes a day is going to be my super low hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. right? So let's say I wake up in the morning and I walk my 10 minutes. Well, now all of a sudden I start my morning in a better mood. What does that do for all of my other pillars, right? If I woke up and walked for 10 minutes outside, and I got that cold, fresh air, and I'm feeling good. Well, now, maybe I didn't yell at my kids to get out the door to catch the bus, and I was nice to them. Yeah. And then because of that, I wasn't cranky when I started my Mm workday. And because I wasn't cranky when I started my workday, I was nicer to everyone in the office. And then my whole morning went more smoothly, and I actually had time to eat lunch. And so I ate a healthier lunch maybe that day. Mm-hmm. And then when I got home, because I ate lunch, I wasn't starving. So I didn't binge eat six bags of Doritos, mm-hmm. <laughs> hypothetically speaking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, and then I didn't end up having the need to watch Netflix for seven hours and not sleep all night. And then my mind was, right. So, you know, mm-hmm. that domino effect works both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then when you continue that positivity, then you bring the positivity, the inward, right? So you got home, you were able to have a, a great day, you are satisfied. So you didn't binge on any of the numbing um, substances or things. 
And then you look back and you're like, I had a great day today. And you feel good about yourself, you know? When and then you're more likely to sleep well. And yeah. then you're going to have energy to get up and do it all over again. Absolutely. And it just improves, 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 and improves. Wonderful. And you know what? You're going to still have bad days. Yes, yes. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's important, too, I think, for us. Um, I remember interviewing um, one of um, our colleagues and her um, premise when I was saying, you know, and then you fall off the wagon and she says, you know, she doesn't use that term with her patients. She just says, we have setbacks. And I was like, you know, just even just the change in terminology really changed the way your outlook on things. Because having a setback, when you fall off the wagon, that's such a huge terminology. Like, okay, well, there I go. I knew I wasn't going to do well anyway. And here I am right back where I started, right? But you aren't back where you started. You just had a setback. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I like to think of it. <laughs> I like to think of it like a traffic light. Mm -hmm. If you get in the car and you're going to go somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Let's say you're going to go to work. You get in the car and you hit a red light, mm -hmm. and you have to stop. Did you say to yourself, "Oh, that's it. I'm going back home." <laughs> I love it. You know, no. Okay, I had to stop. Fine. Mm -hmm. And then the light turns green, and what do you do? Okay, I, I'm just not there yet. I didn't get there yet. Yes. And you might hit, I don't know how far your office is from your home, but you might hit 20 lights before you get there, but you expect them. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that analogy. And you're so right. You expect these bumps, but it's just a time to pause, but it's not a time to, to give up. Yeah. And I mean, even more than and. It, to take the analogy even further, you might have construction on the road and you have to take a detour and go a different way. Yes. And that's okay. You don't, again, you don't turn around and go back home. Oh, the road's closed. I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, okay, so we'll go. This way didn't work. Mm -hmm. Let me go a different way. Right? Mm -hmm. the, the way that you tried didn't work. You don't go back home. You just, you go a different way. You try something different. You redirect. And these are powerful analogies. And I hope that those who are listening are really like taking heed to this because I myself am. And, you know, the words that we use in our mind to describe our situations and what we're going through is very powerful. And and sometimes the words evoke emotions and, and the emotions evoke the actions that you take. So when you use more positive um, terms and affirmations, then you're likely to continue on to that journey and not give up. Like you said, you hit a traffic light. Oh, okay, there was a construction on the road. There is a pothole there. Oh, there we go. I'm going back home. no. You know, it's a pothole, so you just detour and you go around it and then you still continue on to your goal or to your destination. It's not a, a, a factor of saying, well, yeah, there it goes. I knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is also awesome. I'm, I think your, your patients are really, really happy. And, you know... I'm happy that you put together this platform and, you know, your company to really help us. As you stated, 
you know, you saw the need for it. So you started off training and, and being exposed to how your training as a physician doesn't really need to occur as a one-to-one and how you can step back and really impact masses. And then you have put together a company in where you're doing so. And you're exposing us to the ability to have a fuller life by just really reframing the way we think about the situations we're in right now. (laughs) You know, reframe all of that. The situation that you're in is the situation, but the way that you react to it is different. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have so much more control than we think we do. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so I'm loving this. Now you're helping these patients um, put themselves first and put care first. But now I want to know, how do you do this for yourself? How do you put yourself first and what are your self-care go-tos? Okay, so I'm going to confess that I try. <laughs> I'm not perfect either. Yeah, I, am, I am not perfect either. You know, I, I have my day and I have the same. I do it too. I procrastinate my own health stuff. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I pushed off my mammogram for like a year and a half. I did, guys. I did, but I finally did it. I did it because we're not perfect. But we want you to know that we know that you also can, because you did it. Oh, I did it. I did it. I got over it, and I just went. But um, Mm -hmm. my self care, I, I make sure. So I do two things. Well, first of all, I structure my entire business around doing this. So a lot of times, it's Mm -hmm. funny because I actually had. One of my patients in my group last night, mm-hmm. she asked me, she said, can I ask you a question? When you teach us mindfulness and these meditative calming techniques, does that also work on you while you're teaching it to us? And I was like, yeah, 100%. Totally. Yes. <laughs> it really does. So when I'm walking somebody through some kind of relaxation technique or whatever it is that I'm teaching at that moment, mm-hmm. I'm also in that headspace. So I'm, I'm really lucky that I get you know, that I was able to create that for myself. But um, aside from that, I also, um, I get up early. I'm an early morning person, um, always have been. Mm -hmm. And I have kids, so mornings in my house are pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I am up a good half hour, if not an hour before everybody else, Mm -hmm. so that I have peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my time. That's my magic time. And I especially at least a half hour, I give myself 30 minutes of protected time in the morning Mm -hmm. where I am not allowed to work. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to exercise. I am not allowed to check off anything from my list. Mm -hmm. And I just say, okay, what do I want to do right now? And I will drink my coffee and watch the sunrise Mm -hmm. or I'll journal or sometimes I'll just sit and stare off into space and let my mind wander. Right. But that's, that's really, that made the biggest difference for me, mm-hmm. um, the having you, that time. Yeah, the way you start your day has, if you're especially starting it, and this might sound crazy, but you're starting it with intention. So you're intentionally giving yourself that time to relax and to release into the space so that your day flows according to the way you want it 
and the impact in the environment doesn't affect your day before you even start it. And, you know, that's very important. And I don't even, I don't think a lot of people realize that. I started doing the same. You know, I think I learned this one from Mel Robbins when she says, put away your cell phone. <laughs> far away, put it away. And uh, don't look at it because the average person, as soon as they wake up, the first thing they do is put up, you know, technology right in front of your face. And you get the email from your boss or from your job or from a family member. And then, you know, it upsets you. And there goes your day, as you said, that same domino effect, right? So you starting your day with intention, like you said, to yourself, and it's your protected time, I think that that helps to move your day along the way you want it. So you impact your day, your day doesn't impact you. Right, so you don't start from a place of reactivity. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful, wonderful. Alrighty, so now we've dug into that. I wanna know, I wanna know, if you weren't a doctor, what would you be? Oh, that's such a hard question. I've wanted to be a doctor for such a long time. Oh, silver eyes. <laughs> I would be, I think, if I weren't a doctor, am I allowed to say a superhero? I would want to be a superhero. Absolutely. I want superpowers. Yes, I love it. I love it. I tell you, we get such great answers to that question. And I love, love, love it. Alrighty, so superhero, full blown comics, you know, bulging muscles, all of it. <laughs> all of it, all of it. Love it, love it, love it. Alrighty. So our superhero, well, you, like you said, you do not have superpowers. You might not think you did, but you are impacting so many lives with your super talent. So let's find out where can we find you? Those who are listening said, oh, I want her to be my doctor. I want to be a part of Alpine Health. Let us know where we can find you. You can check out our website. It's alpinehealthmd.com. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Facebook at Alpine Health. And we also have an open Facebook community, which is Alpine Health Community. Mm -hmm. You can find me on Instagram at Mindful Major. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn with my, with my regular name, Jordana Rothschild. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And you are taking patients and clients. Am I right? I am. I am. Our, we don't have room right now in our group program, but our next program will be opening up in a couple of months. So if anybody's interested, we can hop on a call, we can talk, and I will, I will work with you one-on-one -on -one to bridge you until the next program. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you can find this wonderful interview on, it will be available on our YouTube channel and you can find it on our Your Caring Docs YouTube channel. That's U-R-C-A-R-I-N-G-D-O-C-S. Yeah.